Open up your Bibles. Second Timothy two. Second Timothy two. Let me say while I'm uh, while I'm getting ready, what Brother McMurtry was saying about the doctrine down there. Pretty sad because for over twenty years I've watched many, many, many preacher boys that I started with and that now come up. And to be a preacher boy down south, it's almost like a badge. And you know, I don't know, I don't know how many of you know people down there, but uh, it it's 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 a badge, and it's sad to see because it's like it's total ignorance to what the Bible says, but all kind of fire, like I'm saying, kind of you know, it it's pitiful what it is. Uh, you ever seen somebody that thought they knew everything and thought they were doing exactly like they were supposed to do, and you as an older person looked at them and you thought, "Poor soul, was I ever that dumb?" <laughs> That's how it is. I mean, that's how it is. And, I, and some people are, are ignorant in it just because they don't know the Bible. But we have a responsibility as children of God to know the Bible. Amen. So, I mean, I'm not going to say there's an excuse for it, but there is definitely an ignorance to Bible doctrine. And you're right. Your lighting is pretty rough here. We'll do the best we can. Second Timothy, let me get over there. Let me say while I'm starting off, this is 357 Trent's Bible on YouTube. So if any of you have ever seen him on YouTube... He left this Bible in the truck a couple weeks ago, soul winning. So if you see 357 Trent on YouTube, I want you to ask him how his Bible reading is going. <laughs> this is his Bible right here. I'm using it because I didn't bring my big pulpit Bible. So give him a hard time. Get on there and dog him out real good. I'm going soul winning with him later on this week. So Anyway, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let me pray before we start. Dear Lord, I pray you'd help me be a blessing. Help me be a help, Lord. And I pray if there's folks that... For whatever reason, may have leanings towards this flash or this showiness, this this camp meeting stuff, Lord, that they don't know about. But they think, well, surely it's got to be a God. I look, Lord, I pray that you'd help me, use me to show that it's not, or that it's not, that it's not of your word, that it's not of your will, Lord. I pray that you'd help me, and help me with the, the lightning, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. I've got pretty bad eyesight, so... I've got a good excuse if something goes wrong. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 15. Study to show, I can quote that one. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And if you know anything about the, the dispensational south or the Bible Belt south, that verse gets beat pretty bad. It gets used pretty bad. Look at Acts. I'm going to read you three different verses to start off with to give you a a format of what I'm preaching on tonight. Acts chapter 17. Look at verse 11. Acts 17 and verse 11. Let's see if I can get there and see this. Acts 17 verse 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Look also at John chapter 5. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. If you didn't get your Bible reading in the day, you can claim that you were all over the Bible studying the day after this. John chapter 5. Look at verse 39. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. I'm going to do something tonight just... I'm a little bit of a ham. You know, he was telling you about the uh, the unit video. I'll say something about this later on, but I've never tried to be like anybody else to try to fit in their mold and try to impress anybody. I figured out a long time ago, if I was going to try to impress people, I might as well go ahead and give up now. So, I mean, that, that whole unit deal, that was just something that just happened. I, I do that for a living. So, uh, it was just, hey, why don't you make a video of it? I had an idea tonight. Those of you that are up here, and my wife's from northwest Indiana. So when I, I, I say all of Yuns, I'm, I know how Yuns' weather is. This cold weather don't bother me a bit. I joke about it. But, hey, people up here ain't no different than down there. And one thing, though, that I thought I would do while I was up here is let you get a taste of what it is like down there. Now, you hear, you, I, I watch Brother McMurtry pretty regularly. And I see him, he'll, he'll get doing his, uh, his impersonations and all, and I'll sit back and laugh, and I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Oh, I've seen that a million times, yep. 
And I thought I'd give you a little bit of a taste of what if a camp meeting preacher actually read his Bible and listened to what the Bible said. So I'm going to give you a little taste of that today. I may have a little back and forth. If I have a split personality up here, I, I promise it's not demons, all right? I'm just going to throw out there. I'm, I may act a little bit like the one side and act a little bit by, about the other side. But uh, I've got to actually have little spots where I wrote camp, so I'd know, all right, now this is what i got to think. Because I got saved out of that mess. And when I say that mess, I'll share with you in a little bit. I mean that mess. All right. You'll hear, you'll hear phrases like this in the camp crowd. What we need today is some repentance. Have you ever been in a service where you heard, we need some repentance? And they'll say, we need some repentance, brethren. The goat voice. I've heard, I heard you like that goat voice up here. Because you don't know where that goat voice comes from. That's Sammy Allen. Sammy Allen's Faith Baptist Campground, Rosaka, Georgia. And he'll do that. What we need, brethren, we need a movement of God. God. Repentance. He's dying over here. Well, you Heard it a million times. And I know I'm making fun a little, so you just have to forgive me. But listen, I got over trying to be nice when people were being hindered being saved. Uh, let me give you my testimony, okay? I would have gotten saved a year and a half before I did. Because I was told a muddy salvation by this crowd. Okay, so I, And I know a lot of these people. I know a lot of them. You know, I'm not close friends with all of them. I'm not claiming that, but I do know them. The muddy salvation. It, look, I can, I can agree to disagree with a lot of things with people, but I can't agree to disagree with that. Mm-hmm. And that whole, uh, well, the, the statement's like, well, what we need is some repentance. Well, look, here's another statement you'll get. I'll tell you what's missing today. It's repentance. That's what's missing today. These preacher out, preachers out there, they're scared of repentance. Or I'll give you my word. They're scared of it. They're scared of that repentance. Okay, now look. You can take any one word in this Bible and you can build yourself a false doctrine on it. Okay, you can. You can. And if you're laughing at me now, you'll be laughing a whole lot more later. But listen, here's what I'm saying. The whole camp deal, they'll say, there needs to be some real repenting before folks can get saved. I don't know if you're catching any of this, but... There is no Bible to back up any of the sayings I just said. None of them. I don't care how deep and guttural the goat voice is. I can't even do it now. I want to laugh so bad. I don't care how heartfelt it is. And let me say this before I get started. You know what a lot of this is? There's people that, that are saved. Now, not, I'm real quick to not put people in hell. Okay, if you know what I'm saying. But then there's also... You know, there are people that are ignorant that are caught up in this, and they want to see a movement of God so bad, so bad, that they'll go into a lot of these errors that I'm going to point out today. They'll say, there ain't no repentance going on in our churches today, that's what they'll say. Part of the problem is, you're supposed to be out there in the highways and hedges getting the repentance going on. And look, never mind the fact, use the word repentance, that God repented. I mean, Jonah 3, 9, and 10. God repented. So if God repented, do you think it really has the definition of turning from sin? No. Look over at uh, Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Let me give you an idea of the word repentance. And let me say while I'm doing this, you can define any word in this Bible by using this Bible. You can. You can use your Bible as a dictionary. But look at Matthew 21, verse 29. And forgive me, because I really am have a hard time reading. 21, 29. I could go all camp meeting and walk around under a light and say, Let me borrow that Bible, son. Has anybody ever seen that? Yeah, I've seen that. You don't want to know everything I've seen. Let's see. Uh, let's see. He answereth and saith, I will not, but afterward he repented and went. And if you read the verses before and the verses after, he said, I will not, but afterward he repented and went. It's a change of mind. Look, I could go into a long, drawn out, but I know your pastor's done that. It's very clear that just throwing the word repentance, it's it's a Q word. Hey, what we need in our churches today is repentance. (laughs) Haven't you ever heard it? You heard it? I have. 
I've heard it ever since 1990. Well, look, I got saved in June 1994. A year and a half before that, I was hearing it. Can't be hearing it, hearing it. And it, you know, it did a lot of damage. It did a whole lot of damage. Look, never mind the fact that you're supposed to be preaching it out to the people out in the world. Not beating the people to death here that are saved. Here, I'll share, share an example. That girl sitting right over there, Maddie, when we first, first, she's not our biological child. She's a, a part-timer with us, so to speak. God has brought her across, across our path to help her, okay? And so, one of the things that we first heard after she got saved, we were going to a church, and she said, they tell me every week how to get saved. When are they going to tell me how to live? That's a little girl saying that. Would that not preach? I should have handed her my Bible and a notepad and said, write me a message on that. (laughs) The whole repentance deal, like I say, some of it could be a wanting people to have a movement of God, wanting to see a change, wanting. But look, good intentions, they don't cut it. When the false doctrine is there, they do not cut it. Repent, yes, that's what people need to do. But if you look at John 3.36, look over there, familiar verse. John 3.36. John 3. He that believeth on the Son hath life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. If I misquoted that a little, forgive me, but I really am having trouble reading but in the context of that, in John 3.16 and John 3.18, and what I showed you about repentance being a change of mind or a turning, not a turning from sin, because if God repented, it's definitely not a turning from sin. You can see how that word can be thrown out there by a bunch that they just want to see something. They want to see something. But like I said, that does not justify the use of a word. Even if they're trying a, wanting to have a, a good result, False doctrine doesn't cut it. Good good result intended or not. Or not. I tell you what, you'll hear this. And how many of you ever heard this? Uh, Even in some of the Southern Gospel junk. And I hate Southern Gospel. I hate it. Anybody sitting here, you like Southern Gospel? I don't. We call them diesel sniffers. Okay? Because they run up down the road in these diesel buses and everybody follows them around. And I love a banjo. Okay? I, I, I pick a little claw hammer. I halfway beat around on another stringed instrument, not very good. But that still is no excuse for the junk that the Southern Gospel crowd pushes. So anyway, what I'm saying is you'll hear some of them in some of the older quartets. You'll hear them. They'll mimic the camp meeting sound. And part of that camp meeting sound is preaching. Anybody ever heard that? Preaching. And you know who who that is too? Sammy Allen. (laughs) If you get to study in Sammy Allen, you'll find out Tony Hudson's favorite preacher is Sammy Allen, okay, down in Georgia. Now, you'll hear all that, all that, that uh, mimicking of preaching, but biblical preaching, yeah, yeah, we need preaching. But you know what preaching is? Primarily, preaching is you going out door to door and giving people the gospel. And this whole, oh, look, I, I want to get folks saved. Well, this is not the place to be getting people saved right here. This is supposed to be a called out body of believers. Okay, there's visitors here, but this, if someone was lost here, of course we'd want them saved. But this is not the place to beat that horse to death. This is where you teach doctrine. This is where you teach living. Out there is where you preach repentance. If, If you want to beat repentance, look, the word repent does not scare me one bit because I know what it is from the Bible. It is not a turning from sin. You'll never find that in context in the Bible in reference to salvation. Not one time that a lost person is supposed to turn from sin or be willing to turn from sin. A lost person, you won't find it. So look, I think some of it, like I said, comes from wanting to see people saved, but they've been taught a wrong method, preaching them down the aisle instead of getting out there and wearing out some shoes. And look, as cold as it is right there, I know I've been sowing. I've been sowing in a negative fourteen degree weather. Okay, so I'm not I'm not preaching something I ain't done. Now, I didn't say I enjoyed it. Okay, and I didn't say the truck wasn't running there and every other door I wasn't in there. Okay, but I've done it. So look, the whole all right, but that doesn't work. Well, 
It works. You're getting in there preaching to a bunch of saved people that they didn't repent enough and making them doubt their salvation. That works. Is that what you're telling me? And I've seen it. I've seen it. Seen it for years. Look, the whole the whole idea of what we need is preaching. Okay. Well, preaching is two things. One, giving the gospel. Two, preaching the word of God. Preaching the word of God. Look at uh, look at look at Luke nine six. Look at Luke nine six. You laugh at me, but I bought one of those little tablets to start doing my notes on. I don't know how to type yet, so I haven't got to where I'm doing them all the way. So you can laugh at me. And I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been able to break the pride of having my wife sit over there while I tell her what I'm going to preach, because I know she might edit out all the stuff I'm trying to say about her. Anyway, Luke nine. Look at Luke nine. And verse 6. Let me get right here where I can see it. Luke 9, 6. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. At the church house. Now, since they departed, they went. They went. Hey, that'll take a lot of this repentance job. If you look, 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 notice the patterns. These people that are, well, we need more preaching. And people ain't repenting. Well, it's because they ain't going for one thing. Yeah. It's it's something that is bread, okay? It is bread. Look at Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. So preaching, what is it? I mean, I would agree with the statement we need more preaching, but what is some biblical preaching? Acts 8.25. 8. And verse 25, And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem. Sounds like they was out somewhere. Yeah. Returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. It's awful hard to preach the gospel in many villages if you're cooped up in a camp meeting trying to get the same bunch of folks saved every week. Uh-huh. It's awful hard. It's awful hard. Hey, stagnant. That's what breeds a lot of this false doctrine. Stagnant. Look at uh, Acts 14. Go over to Acts 14, 21. I would agree with the statement, hey, we need more preaching. All right. Acts 14, verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. You didn't know I could read a three-syllable word, did you? Iconium. You like that, don't you? That hooked on phonics. I got it for Christmas one year. Anyway, look, you look, you can't you can't have went if you ain't gone. Is that deep? I mean, did, did I just go down real deep? You can't have went if you hadn't gone. So look, do we need preaching? Yeah, we need preaching. We need preaching, but what we don't need is preaching. We don't need that. What we need is somebody to get out there with the Bible and look a man in the face and give him the gospel of God and keep him out of hell. That's what we need. And then in here, we need the Word of God. We need the doctrine. He's talking about earlier, hey, how he likes the fire. Hey, I love anybody that likes to do what they're doing. But it would help for it to be biblical. That's, that's the difference. That's the difference. Romans chapter 10. Get Romans chapter 10. Another deep, deep truth here. Deep. I mean deep. Goodness. Well deep. Romans 10. Look at verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how then shall they believe on him who has not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That means if you don't go so with it, they ain't going to get saved. Yep. Let me do it softer. If you don't go so with it, they ain't going to get saved. Amen. That's what it means. Way back there in the woods where I grew up, I remember not one single person ever coming back there to give us the gospel. Not one. I remember a Jehovah Witness coming back there. I think it was a Jehovah Witness. About 1988, 87, somewhere right in there. See it? Sad, because if I put it on a map and I showed you where it was, there's four independent Baptist churches within a 45-minute drive. Well, you know, they can't go everywhere. Yeah, they can. 
Yeah, they can. Yeah. Well, maybe my expectations are a little high, but it's our job to find the people that ain't nobody else getting the gospel to and get it to them. So when someone tells me, hey, I need more preaching. Yeah, I want some preaching. Go to that next town. Hey, what is there, 9,300 people in this town? Okay, God loves the 9,300 in here as much as he does Chicago over there. Okay, and I come through there today, but you think, hey, they need it, you need it, the 900 and something in my hometown need it. Hey, we all need it. Yes, we do need preaching. We need soul winning and we need Bible preaching, doctrine. All right. I'm picking selective, the stuff that I can read in this Latin. <laughs> I tell you what we've got today. What we've got, and I'm not, I'm not cussing, okay? Okay, I'm a farmer, you know that. But what we've got today is braying asses, donkeys that make a lot of noise. Yep. But what we don't have is mules that do the work. And look, I was telling, uh, telling her on the way up here, she's never been up north, and she had the misconception. Everybody up north, they're all cities. Like, no, honey. I was like, where I'm taking you? It's all farm folks. Live in town. They work. They, 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 they grow crops. They work animals just like anywhere else. I said, working men are working men no matter where you go. And look, what our problem with is in our groups and in this camp meeting crowd, you have a whole bunch of noise and just a little bit of work, if any work at all. And the work that I experienced was a work against the gospel. I'll get into that in a minute. I'm touching on it, and I, I don't want to, to get ahead of myself. But look, I tell you what, fellas, I don't know who in here wants to preach or who does preach. Turn to 1 Corinthians 2. It's under my mind. 1 Corinthians 2. Let me give you a little advice, if I may. 1 Corinthians 2. Look at verse 1. 1 Corinthians 2, 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellence, Excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. You know what the key to that verse is? Declaring the testimony of God. You don't have to try to sound like anybody else. Okay, and there's patterns of that in the camp crowd. All the little preacher boys want to sound like the others. Have it, does anybody here know what I mean when I say hacking? Anybody know what hacking is? Hacking is, the Bible says <laughs> And they, it's like it, it's like you're gonna have a stroke any second, every other syllable. Okay, now what that is is it, they get to rear back preaching and preaching, and then they take a breath, and then they go, and they take a breath. Well, I know a fellow that he's got up in his 80s now, and he can't do that anymore. Instead, well, this is all he does, and this just shows you how just trying to be something for a show is foolish. He goes, Paul. Uh, Called to be an apostle. Uh, am I lying? You can't see it. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Christ, through the will of God. Uh. I sat there last time I heard that, and I thought, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I may be the worst preacher that ever lived, but I ain't doing that. You hear me? Uh. I'm serious. He couldn't get his voice no higher than that, and there was always a... Uh. But every third syllable. Fellas, look. Your preacher, he said out of his own mouth, he is not the loudest preacher. But you know what Bible preaching is? It ain't loud. Just because I yell, or just because another man yells, that ain't got nothing to do with it. That's what it's got to do with right there. Be yourself. Preach that, the counsel of God. Don't think, hey, well, i got to sound like, and I, look. What you need to do, you need to take some of these fellas down to a camp meeting. I'll give you an address until you go there and watch and watch them all. They'll do it down to the type of glasses they wear. They wear horn rim black glasses, vest, two button, three button suit. They just try to look and sound and act. And it's how about doing that with the Bible? Wouldn't it be nice if one of them knew the Bible would do that? Well, I like how he preached the Bible instead. It's Anyway, I'm getting off on that. I'm just trying to give you a little taste of that. Look, don't worry about trying to be like anybody else. You preach the Word of God, fellas. All right, look. Well, you've got to be at least willing to turn from sin. You'll hear him. You'll say, look, if you didn't at least want to turn from sin, then you didn't get what I got. 
Oh, you wasn't convicted. Your preacher was just preaching on this the other day. That is a load of baloney. I corrected myself there real quick. I went somewhere else. Baloney. I've got a friend. He calls it Sheol, but I'll leave that alone. Romans chapter 4. Every time, that's his, uh, I think, I, I think you got approved replacement words, but he, he usually says Sheol. But anyway, forgive me for that. Romans chapter 4. Let me, let me show you this will, willing to turn from sin, this attitude of got to be willing. Romans 4, look at verse 5. And this is a great verse when you're out soloing right here. Romans 4, 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Sounds like there's a whole lot of willingness to turn and live right there, ain't there? Ain't ne'er mention of it. See what I'm saying? Don't go trying to throw in works and say, well, well, you got to at least be willing to, willing to. And like I said, some of it comes from they want to see a changed life. So bad that they would corrupt good doctrine. Good doctrine. Now, look, I'll go ahead and throw my testimony in here while I'm on this. For that year and a half, I was told that if I didn't want to live right or want, uh, hold on, let me say it the way you do, want, want to live right. If I didn't want, you're laughing at me. I can't hardly say it. Want, 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 W-A-N-T. If I didn't want to live right, then I, you know, there was no way for me to get saved. And look, I was a 17-year-old young man, and I'm going to be as clean here as I can, but there ain't no 17-year-old young man that's thinking perfect all the time. Okay, you see what I'm saying? So here I am, just a 17-year-old. I've been on my own for years at this time. Well, you must not really be saved if you're not willing or if you don't want to. That counts everybody out. Everybody out. Like I say, Romans 4, 5. Look at Romans 11, 6. 11, 6. See if I can read this one. Romans 11, 6. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. And if I was a camp meeting preacher, I'd say, I feel like a termite and a yo-yo. Went up and down on that one. What he's saying is if it's works, it ain't grace. You're either working for it or you're not. You hear me? So, when you hear this, well, you must be willing. Show me some Bible. 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 Look, the only willing you need to be worried about in salvation is 2 Peter 3 9. Look at 2 Peter 2 Peter 3 9. This is the only willing that you need to be worried about while you're out preaching the gospel. While you're out doing that, that preaching. You're out there preaching like a billy goat. 2 Peter 3.9. You should have never told me that they like that. It's going to ruin All good soberness is going out the window now. I'm sorry. 2 Peter 3.9, if I can read this. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That, that's not it. It's 2 Peter 2.9, isn't it? Yes. No, I'm in the wrong. 3.9. But God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the only willing you need to be worried about. Is that person the next door that you're going to give the gospel to? That's the willingness. Not willing. Well, are they, are they willing to live right? You ain't even willing to live right. I'm not willing to live right half the time. Bro, look, I'll tell you, look, look, this is what they'll say. Look at uh, 1 John 3. 1 John 3. This is what you'll hear quite a bit. 1 John chapter 3, and I don't know what time I started. So. Let's see. That's usually a catch-all for you're in trouble. First John chapter 3, verse 9. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Woo. I felt something on that. <laughs> I've heard that, okay? For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. So I'm sinless now all of a sudden. I done got down at the altar at the camp meeting, and I'm sinless. You see how foolish it is to just run with stuff like that? Look at Romans 7. Look at Romans 7. I'm just throwing you out some things you would hear in a camp meeting. Okay? I, I could spend three or four days telling you things I had seen at camp. I was in an offering. I think I told you about this. I was in an offering one time that lasts three hours and 15 minutes. An offering. That's not the 
73 verses of I Surrender All at the invitation. I'm talking about the offering. Three hours, 15, 20 minutes. So look, you can see anything at, at some of these places. Look, Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Somebody stole it. There we go. Romans 7. Look at verse 14. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For that, I, for what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Well, I was just sinless a second ago. And now the Apostle Paul here is saying, what I want to do, I won't. I can't. And what I can't do, I want to. And I can't and I won't. And he's in that yo-yo again like that camp meeting fella. Do you see how foolish it is to take one verse and, and hey, you'll hear it. I'm telling you, I've heard it. Well, what, what's the whole, the chain? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a no creature. You hear, no creature. I heard a fellow say that for three or four minutes one time. No creature. I'm serious. It's like, look, you need to get some popcorn and go down to these places almost just watch. And I hate, and look, if it wasn't so sad, it would be comical. I mean, seriously. It's sad. It's like, well, that's what I want. Look, and here's one of the reasons. Here's one of the reasons I'm addressing this. There's people in this part of the country that they think, well, that's what I need. They load up and drive six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours to go to these camp meetings from up here. Ask me how I know. I could give you names. They drive from up here to go down there. They come from churches that, that beat on doors and go sold in. They come from churches that know, and I'll get in a minute, what a real moving of God and the Holy Spirit moving is, and they're looking for that. You might as well go back to Egypt if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Might as well. Look, you'll hear this. Say, I have no idea how, how long I've been up here. You can always throw a song look at me. It's time to start. The Holy Ghost is moving. He's moving. Uh, see if I can do that in the goat voice. He's moving. Moving. I can't do that. Somebody's going to help me later. He's moving. They say, he's moving. I feel him. Or I'll say, and you heard me do it jokingly, I felt something on that. I felt something. Well, that's the problem. You're going on your feelings for yeah. one thing. Because when I got up this morning and it was, what, zero degrees and it was time to head this way, I didn't feel nothing on that. <laughs> there was no Holy Spirit leading for me to come out this way. You see? So look. The Holy, the Holy Spirit leading. Here you go. I just want to be sensitive to the moving of the Holy Ghost. You know what that usually means when you're in a service and you hear that? It means there ain't going to be no preaching. It means they're fixing to have 37 verses of Sister Gertrude over there singing. Because he wants to be sensitive to the moving of the Holy Ghost. The moving of the Holy Ghost. That's what it means. I would sit there, and that woman will tell you, I sat there. When it, when it started getting on, and that's a term that you'll hear that. When it started getting on, I'd go, yeah, it's going to be a late service. Ain't going to be no preaching. <laughs> I can call it. I can just about call it the times of the year. Okay? I'm not, look, I'm not a very smart man. Not at all. And if I can call this, who, I mean, there's people got IQs way above me. Think of what they can call. I'm sitting there, and I, all right, a certain song gets sung, and a certain woman will raise her hand. And then you hear somebody, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. And then you know, uh-oh. And then you look over across the way, and that same one that did it last year, he does the same thing. He throws up my And does that, I'm fixing to get killed, squeal, or whatever, you know. And I feel like, you know, it's that time. It's going to be one of them days. There ain't going to be no preaching. And I was right about nine times out of ten, they'll tell you. And look, it always happened when it was a special meeting. That's what's funny. All year long, these two didn't, they sat there like a sphinx. But when the big preacher was in town, and if it wasn't, if it wasn't true, it would be, it is comical either way, I'm sorry. I could call it though. I mean, I should, if I was a betting man, I'd be a millionaire, okay? That's all I'm saying. Anyway, I feel a moving of the Holy Ghost. If you, uh, I heard somebody say this, and this was just today, because I was going back through some of the people that I, that, I, that I have known in times past. 
One fella said, and he comes up here. He said, if you call shouting, screaming, when a woman's over there just bellering her lungs out. <laughs> he said, you call that screaming? He said, you don't know the Holy Ghost. Where's some Bible on that? Said you don't know the moving of the Holy Ghost or know the Holy Ghost if you call it. I call it screaming. If her tongue does, and there's a whole bunch of noise, and I'm calling it screaming. You call it shouting all you want, but that's the same thing. Shout, scream, same thing. But you get what I'm saying. Look, I've heard people say, you know, I heard the first few notes on that pianer, and the Holy Ghost tugged at my heartstrings. And there's no noise come out when they do that sometimes. <laughs> I had to do it reverse. Look. That's no, that's, all right, guaranteed, no preaching today. Guaranteed. Okay. And look, you know what a movement of the Holy Ghost is? Let me show you. Open up to the book of Acts. Let me show you when the Holy Ghost is involved. It's what, zero stinking degrees outside? I'm having a good time up here. I'm just going to just point out some things. I can hardly read. You'll have to forgive me. I should have brought my my Bible at the house. has the letters like that tall. You think I'm joking? I'll hold it up to the camera one day and show some of Show some of you. That's for Miss McMurphy. She loves it when I say yins. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall run around and squawk and howl like the house is on fire. Now... I don't believe that's what it says. Even with my bad eyesight. It says, When the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in, the, and in Samaria and in the uttermost part of the earth. That's a moving of the Holy Ghost. That's when you know somebody really is getting moved by the Holy Ghost right there. Not when they're doing all that squawking and howling and... <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, look, I, I'm, I'm getting all over my message, but I'm going to tell you. Here's what I, I've heard this before. In person, this ain't tape. There would not be a Pentecostal or a Church of God movement, this is what they say now, if the Baptists hadn't lost their shout. Now, look, anybody with, it, with my IQ or above ought to understand what that just said. They just said, since the Baptists are willing to act like a bunch of fools, it's good. Because if the Baptists, if they, uh, it, no, no, I got it backwards, backwards, sorry, backwards. Since the Baptists weren't willing at one time to act like a bunch of fools, well, then we got the Pentecostals. But now we got the Baptists that are heading back that way, and they're acting a bunch of fools. What they're saying is, if we had kept on acting like that all along, there wouldn't be any Pentecostals. We would be the Pentecostals. You see that? That's what they're saying. I also heard the same group say that, you know, most of our church members come from Church of God and Pentecostal churches. That's something to brag about. Yeah. You mean most of yours come in here and they're talking in some foreign, crazy, gibberish, was it turkey talk, that some people call it, yeah. flopping language, you know, uttering obscenes in, in 18 languages or whatever that don't nobody understand, and you're proud that that's what you got for a church member now. Here's what they'll say. You know, that's who we usually get because they know that when we get on, we get on. In other words, they're saying, hey, because of the excitement, the Church of God and Pentecostal people feel right at home with us. If your doctrine doesn't make a Pentecostal feel uneasy, you ain't got no doctrine. Here's what they'll say. Well, all we got to do is just clean them up on eternal security. Does anybody, am I the only one here that just, your head wants to spin around like that? Poltergeist movie in the 80's if they don't have eternal life they don't have eternal life is that deep enough for you you see you can't clean somebody up on eternal life they're either saved or they're lost and what he's saying is that alright well we can take these Pentecostals that are saved that don't believe in eternal life that are working their way to heaven and we can just clean them up a little bit they fit right in our church well, of course they fit right in their church. There ain't no preaching, like they said. There ain't no preaching. <laughs> the good boys. Who's the one that really likes to 
like the goat voice. I didn't know who I'm doing this for. Right there. All right, that was for you. All right, the goat voice. Anyway, that's, that's, just, that's pitiful. Don't put that nowhere. Anyway, so here's what I'm saying. The Holy Ghost has nothing to do with squawking, jumping around, hollering, acting a fool. You know, anyone, the, the Bible makes, makes mention of, but be ye filled with the Holy Ghost, and uh, it makes mention of how wine, wherein is excess, where how, when they drunkard, when they get under the influence, well, their inhibitions go away. But that has nothing to do with gibbering, has nothing to do with false doctrine. Hey, how about not being inhibited to go to that next door to win somebody? Yeah. My mind cleared up on me there. You see what I'm saying? How about that? That would be nice. Look, look at Acts. I'll tell you what. Look at Acts chapter 2. Let's see if it's a fluke. Acts chapter 2. Look at verse, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, there it is right there. Look at the next verse. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when they, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. That's, that was some mass soul winning going on is what that was. That wasn't for the sake of a whole bunch of babbling. You see what I'm saying? Look at Acts. I think i got some more right now. Acts chapter 4. Look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 8. Acts 4. Got to have a movement of the Holy Ghost, they say. Look at verse 8. This Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. And then he addresses everybody to try to get them saved. Where is all that squawking and all that feeling right there? You look at all the accounts of when the apostles were, were addressing these rulers, a lot of times it didn't end up very well. didn't end up very well at all. If you look at Acts, let's see, what is it? Acts 6-5. Look at Acts 6-5. Uh, let me show you. Right here, Acts chapter 6, verse 5. Here you go. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Procurius, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. And if you read on in chapter 7, you know what Stephen did when he was full of the Holy Ghost? He says he's full of the Holy Ghost. He preached till he died. Did he not? Yep. Preached till he died. I don't think he was doing a whole lot of shouting. You know, he may have lifted up his voice to God, but I don't think there was a whole lot of Bless the Lord. It wasn't none of that. You know what I'm saying? That's for you again. Look, don't get sucked into this. Well, you know, what we need is power and unction. And what they do is they quote all these dead preachers. Power and unction. See, that's another word. Jim's got messed up up here. It's not power. 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 Power and unction. And what they say is that you've got to have a whole feeling. How about just know what this book says? How about it? Look at Acts. Acts again. Look at, uh, I think I skipped verse 4, or chapter 4, verse 31. Let me show you that again. You could go on all through Acts and see the pattern there. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Let's see, there we go. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. I can keep on going and show you and show you, and my eyesight will get worse and worse as I get in this small print, but what you're going to find out if you get in this book, if you want a movement of the Holy Ghost, and that's what it's claimed now, we need more of the Holy Ghost. We need more preaching. Well, apart from this, you ain't going to have no Holy Ghost. Right. Apart from this, you ain't going to have no preaching. You're going to have yeah. a bunch of noise. That's what you're going to have. Right. Look at... You'll hear this all the time. You'll say, and I, I've heard this, I don't know how many times. This is a badge of honor to the shouting camp meeting crowd. 
She's going to grow up. And she's going to be one of them shouting Baptist women. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. I mean, she's a shouter. They'll have a little baby and she'll be squalling. And she's a shouter. Look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I hate to rain on that shouting camp meeting parade. And I'll tell you what somebody, I heard somebody address this. They had one of them shouting Baptist girls. Look at chapter 14, verse 34. Let your women keep silence in the churches. Fit, right? I mean, do I need to keep reading? I heard somebody address this. Well, we're not about to change what we're used to. That was the reply to that verse. I had a, a young lady that one time she asked me, she said, well, do you think it's all right if I say amen? And I opened it right there and I said, if you can crawl over silent, have at it. What part of silent doesn't silent mean? Hey, and, and women ain't no lower than a man. It's a different role. Don't, don't go thinking I'm one of these going to beat a woman down. Hey, when it comes down to it, fellas, women got it tougher than us. Women are tough. Because I know what my woman has to put up with. And so do you. Your woman, that is. Your woman ain't got to put up with me. Help us. Anyway, so look, that whole, well, look at 1 Timothy chapter 2. Let me throw another one out there for you. 1 Timothy 2. He said, you know, we're not about to change what we're used to. We've got something good going on around here. We've got the Spirit. We've got the Holy Ghost. 1 Timothy 2. Look at verse 12. Let's see. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to assert authority over the man, but to be a little bit quiet sometimes. <laughs> but to be inside. Look, it boils down to Bible ignorance. The feeling and the experience trumps what the Word of God says every time. That's what it's built around. Look, when the Pentecostal crowd feels comfortable in these meetings, don't think for a second it's of God. It's not. Now look, look. Anybody in here, if you heard a song and you said amen, or you heard some preaching and you said amen, ain't nobody going to think nothing of that. I mean, you're amening. So be it. Praise the Lord. But it's a stealing of the show. I don't know if it, how many of you have been in any of these meetings, but I'm going back in my mind. I was thinking that there was this one fellow that used to sit over in this corner of a church I used to go to, and he would get at it, and he'd look back to the second row on the end to a fellow over here. And it was like a cue. You think I'm joking. I'm serious. And it happened all the time. Same stuff. Same phrase. Every time. Hey, when it's taken away from the preaching and the singing, you've just become a show. You know, preaching? Amen. Singing? Amen. When you're over there jumping on top of the pew, screaming, pop the clutch, baby. Don't tell me it ain't happened because I've seen it. I've seen a fellow take his Bible and beat the paint off the wall at the church during the preaching. He beat the paint off of the wall. You hear me? You're not hearing me. Chunks of plaster and paint coming off the wall. Because the Holy Ghost told him to do it. That's what you say. I heard a fellow say one time, I'm, I'm getting backtracked because I forgot this a minute ago. He said, if the Holy Ghost told me to jump on that pew right there and cluck like a chicken, I'd do it. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what the Holy Ghost is all about. <laughs> Book of Acts, he's telling them, jump on their pews right there and cluck like a chicken. No, he's saying, get the gospel out. He's saying, get the gospel out. And I got sidetracked on that. You have to forgive me. I get a little, I, it's easy to amuse me for some reason. I, I don't know why. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 5. I, I, I'll quote it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I think I just butchered it. But that one verse, he'll take that and say, New creature. Something big as God move in, you can tell it. How many's ever heard that? Something big as God move in, you can tell it. You know, First John three, verses five through nine. I read those for you, and I read Romans seven. You can go all the way to the end of Romans seven, and you can tell there's a struggle between the spiritual man and the carnal man that's not born again. And you can argue all that, and that you know what it boils down to? Heard a fellow say it boils down to look at me. I know God because of this change right here. 
Now, if we're honest, you look in that mirror and you know there ain't nothing different between you and a lost man but the truth of God and the Spirit of God. Ain't no feeling. Ain't no greatness of your own. Look, look, if you ever think you're going to turn a corner and you're going to be victorious, victorious in the Christian life, and always be on top, you better wake up out of that dream. Because you're always going to be fighting that old man. And I'm not talking about your daddy or your husband. Not that old man. You're going to be fighting that, that unregenerate, carnal man that you are tied to, this body of death. Some of the camp meeting folks, they'll say, they'll say, and this is what it, what it boils down to. What the camp meeting stuff, what it's all about is this. It's about, in my mind, it's about taking away from the local church. Because this same fella that I heard say many of these words you heard me say, he'll say this. Camp meeting is not church. It's not revival. It's not soul winning. It's gathering together to recharge. What does Hebrews 10.25 say? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You're recharging right there. Taking away, it's an extracurricular meeting. It's about as worth, worth about as much as these Bible studies that people just call all of a sudden that they're afraid to let their pastor know what's going on about it. It's just an extra. And nine times out of ten, it runs away from the Bible. It ain't, it ain't got nothing to do with the Bible. Look, I could keep on going and going. I don't know how long I've been here, but look. 1 John 2.23, I'll hit this just because I always hit this, and if I don't, I'll feel like I was a compromiser. 1 John 2.23, this is a subject, look, you could go on for days on the errors in this. Because all it is is the traditions of men. That's all it is. 1 John 2.23, no camp meeting would be complete without this right here. 1 John 2.23, whoso denies the Son, the same hath not the Father. He that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Here's what you'll hear. You've got to be good. The apple of God's eye. Israel. Israel. The John Hagee. What, what, how's he do? I, I'm not even going to him. Anyway, look. No camp meeting would be complete without hearing some push for a people of God that denies God. Yeah. Say, well, you know, they're God. If they deny Jesus Christ, how are you going to have a people of God that denies Jesus Christ? Yeah. I don't know how many times I've said that. You cannot have a people of God that deny God's Son. And you'll hear that rampant in the camp crowd. You know what it stems from? This same ignorance that you heard right here. All these things that I talked about tonight, you know how you can cure them? With a Bible. With a Bible and a second grade education and a Spirit of God. That same Spirit of God that gets blamed for all that other garbage. That's how you can cure that. I don't know how long I've been, but let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for these people, Lord. Thank you for them putting up with me and my bad eyesight, Lord. Lord, I thank you for working and using us, Lord, in spite of us and me in particular. In Jesus' name.